That was for real. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we're sinking things this week. Bye. <laughs> I can't tell what it is. It's just a blue can. You know, the blue the blue cans around here are. The, uh, the blue stuff. Uh, that brood stuff. <laughs> 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 but yeah, you know, it's uh, Friday afternoon. So toasting to you. What do you got? You got a coffee? I got a coffee. I'm pouring one out for the homie. Coffee, I'm ready. Pouring one out on my MacBook. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Ready. Cheers. (sighs) I think we're going to need it for today because I picked a doozy this week. Uh, Holy new episode, Batman. Welcome to the Pod Charles Cinecast! Presented by the British Charles Cinema. This is your host, Jonathan the Man Foster. Oh, the dynamic duo are back! They are what, back. What? Back. And holy rusted metal, Batman! It's what? The <laughs> boy, Wonder. Phil! What's up, Phil? Hey, what's up? Welcome back. I'm very happy to be back. Are you? Was it was it my that Batman bad? To the my boy Wonder. Is that bad over in Italy? You like you're having a good time? No, it's great. But you know, <laughs> you know, after a week, it's like I get kind of homesick. Yeah, it's not I like home. being back. Nothing like home, you know. You gotta yeah. gotta be at home. Well, did you have I'm a good fine. time? Did you? I did have a good time. Lots of wine and pizza. Sick. That's what that's all they ask. have. You know, that's um, all they have in Italy. That's, that's all. all that's all that's going on there. It's like Hawaii, but when you step off the plane, they just give you a bottle of wine and throw a pizza pie in your face. <laughs> <laughs> go, hey! And they walk away. <laughs> Everyone's like shaking their fist, and it's confusing. No, it was really nice. It was a nice break. Um, you, know, you know, we're gearing up for a reopening. So now yeah. I've like, I can actually really? finally start thinking about that. Yeah. That was like, I couldn't really take it seriously until after I had been away. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like, that, that's it. That's all I'm looking at. I'm, I'm back in the cutie, like I said, quarantining. Yeah. No, quarantining. No, I'm just, I'm just going to be in the house until <laughs> I have to go back to work. Yeah. 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 Soon, man. This It's going by really quick, man. It's getting really, 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 really close. But yeah. So it's good. You had a good, good break off anyway, eh? It was nice. It was nice going from like, you know, uh, I'm in like the Vatican and I'm looking at like the Sistine Chapel, which mm-hmm. is like the highest form of art. And then I come back and I have to watch Batman Forever, which is like <laughs> the lowest form of art. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not that bad, but uh, it's just great. It's a great, like, you know, humbling moment. Yeah. Of like, oh, this is real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, high art, high trash. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's They're all good. Standard here on the Pod Charles Cinecast, you know? Well, that's how, good. How are you? How are you, the bearded crusader? <laughs> I am, uh, I'm okay, man. I'm all right. I'm back at work, been back all this week. It's been okay. Properly, I'm not at work. I'm working from home, but I got my desk fully set up. I've got like a screen this past week. I, I was, I was working. I got like an extra screen now. Fuck um, yeah. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. I got my setup. Did they look like the Batcave? <laughs> yeah, man. I've got all the screens. 
<laughs> and your face is on it, just like we said, you know, just your face yeah. was going to be on them laughing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's real good. It's a, lot, it's a lot more comfy than what I was dealing with before. And uh, it's nice, like, especially now that I'm like properly like having to do more work. <laughs> it's like I may as well be properly comfortable, comfortable while I'm doing it. But hey, that's that's uh, an interesting thing to bring up because, oh, we're getting closer and closer and closer. About a little over a month out from cinema's big reopening. Oh boy. Uh, last week we had some exciting news. We are opening a bit sooner than uh, we originally thought because the BFI London Film Festival is coming. <laughs> Film Festival. Oh, <laughs> it's actually happening this year. Uh, we were once again asked to be a part of the festival this year, thanks to the BFI. That's great. We always love being a part of it. It's awesome. You can see all the great new films around the world coming out first, basically. It's a lot of premieres, a lot of films that have only played maybe once or twice in other festivals that no one's seen yet. So it's always really cool. Uh, so this year it's going to be pretty unique, though, obviously, because, you know, hey, it's weird times that we're living in. The festival was un- it was unsure if it was even going to happen. Um, but yeah, it is happening. There's going to be over 55 brand new films uh, screening online. And there'll be a selection of like 13 films hitting the screens at the BFI and cinemas around the UK. Nine of which will play right here at the Prince Charles Cinema from the 13th of October. And some of these films include Pixar's latest film, Soul, uh, the new Danish comedy drama starring Mads Mikkelsen, Another Round, that looks really, really fun, Uh, Francis McDormand's latest film, Nomadland, and the Closing Night film, Ammonite, starring Saoirse Ronan, Kate Winslet, and is directed by God's own country director, Francis Lee. That was a pretty good hit at the PCC back couple years ago so it's good to see that coming here Ammonite uh, it's going to be really cool so the full program at the PCC will be released soon and tickets will be on sale next Monday the 21st of September so get your tickets then get in there come see us early you know we did plan to reopen from the 16th but this fell into our laps and we were happy to offer up our screens to the festival during this period though we just want to let you know that we're exclusively showing LFF films, and the plan is still to relaunch the Prince Charles Cinema program from the 16th of October. The likes of The Thing, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Just Don't Sell, a preview screening of the new 4K restoration of Cinema Paradiso. That's oh, Kino, baby. That. <laughs> that's pure Kino. Yeah. So that's going to be on opening night, the 16th. There will be a few other handful of screenings of Cinema Paradiso from this new restoration happening the following week from the 23rd of October. Tickets are on sale now for Cinema Paradiso and all those other films I mentioned at PrinceCharlesCinema.com. And like I said again, BFI London Film Festival tickets on sale next Monday, 21st of September at PrinceCharlesCinema.com. But yeah, get your tickets. All good things. Good stuff. Well, Phil, there's been some interesting new trailers popping up as of late. You know, we've had, uh, what, what did we have? We had the other day just that, that big boy. Uh, the Dune. The Dune trailer. The, Dune. the new Dune trailer. <laughs> the Dune. Did you watch it? What do you think? I did. Are you stoked? Um, I have no idea what's happening in it. <laughs> yeah, I still um, don't know. <laughs> but like, I'm going totally off Denis Villeneuve, who hasn't made a bad movie. 
and Oscar Isaac's beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm there. And Aquaman without a beard, which is yeah. weird. Feel, feels like there's a spot now for you to like jump right in Momoa. there. I've, yeah. Momoa. Yeah. Momoa. You know. Momoa. Momoa. <laughs> Where are you hiding? <laughs> um, what did you think? I thought it looked cool. I, uh, to be honest, I was kind of bored watching it, but like, <laughs> I was like, that feels about right with Dune, you know, yeah. like I feel at home. If I was excited for a Dune trailer, like I would actually be kind of worried, I think, because it's not I've, that kind of story. I've said this a couple of times on the podcast that I've not made it through Dune without falling asleep. So, um, yeah, Most I fell asleep on it at least two or three times. I've tried to watch it and I, I need, it's, I need to watch it. I just need to finish it. But, uh, I, every time I've tried, I was just like, oh, maybe God. we could do a double bill. <laughs> <laughs> like me, me just like, <laughs> what <laughs> was this all a dream? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was last week. Yeah. Bam! Yeah, throwback. Right. That was a throwback. <laughs> that was a throwback to Inception. Yeah. Not Tenet. That was a while. Did you see Tenet? I didn't see it. No. No. Did you? Me neither. No. no. I was. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> I was. I was tempted to go a couple times this past week, but then again, I might end up going this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Tenet watch. Tenet watch. <laughs> <laughs> will they seen won't it? they <laughs> have any of we'll you guys know. out there seen it let us know uh <laughs> yeah but there was another trailer that's been popping up lately um popped up what, a couple weeks ago matt mm. reeves you know of uh, cloverfield uh dawn and war the planet of the apes you know um he has a new little film called uh the batman with the batman our pats as the bats and that's Batman. taken, you know, the internet over. It's people are so excited for it. It's like we get another Batman origin story. It's it's gonna be like so oh my sick. god, I've never can't seen wait it. for yeah. another Batman movie. Um, but we felt like, you know, in spirit of that, and also us returning, that we'd have to do something a little bit fun today. But you know, uh, you know, there's Batman. This film, The Batman, is due to feature some villains previously seen in 90s Batman films, you know, exactly. like the, the Penguin, you know, Colin Farrell's mm-hmm. playing him, and you got Catwoman, you know, Zoe Kravitz is playing her, and uh, Paul Dano is playing the Riddler. Now, if we were smart, you know, with the whole us coming back from holiday and stuff, if we were smart, we'd be talking about Batman Returns. We aren't smart. <laughs> we are not, not smart. So, we're not smart people. What are we talking about this week, Phil? It's the Batman forever. <laughs> forever, man. It's the forever Batman. Man. Forever, it's man. The Batman. Something it's happened the to Batman. the Batarang, man. Something <laughs> happened to you. <laughs> riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? In an uncertain world. In a chaotic time, justice wears a mask. Your entrance was good. His was better. Love is a game. What is it about the wrong kind of man? It's the car, right? Chicks love the car. 
Power is a machine. Now you've devised a way to read men's minds. By the way, I've seen your mind, freak. And revenge is a trap. You're a genius. Riddler and Two-Face can make a pretty lethal combination. Train me. Let me be your partner. Who's your tailor? But first, let's meet our contestants. Going down. If the bat wants to play, we'll play. <laughs> Was that over the top? Don't work too late. You forgot the part where you kissed the girl. Now, truth always. Batman forever. Ooh, the dark Ooh, night go. of Gotham City confronts a dashingly new duo, Two-Face and the Riddler, whilst also confronting new feelings of love. Former District Attorney Harvey Dent, now known as Two-Face, believes Batman calls the Batman and Batman calls the courtroom accident, which left him disfigured. Oh, no. And will stop at nothing to see the destruction of the Cape Crusader. 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 He's a Crusader, dude. He's a part of a crew. He's a skater, bro. Oh, Batman. The Cape not he, he, wants, he wants to see the destruction of the caped crusader. Meanwhile, computer genius and former employee of millionaire Bruce Wayne, Edward Nigma, you know, get it? Enigma. 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 <laughs> <Get> it. <laughs> is out to get the philanthropist alter ego of Batman. Adopting the persona of the Riddler, Nigma teams up with Two Face to deliver his brainwave sapping device to millions of homes around the country in an effort to uncover the identity of the Batman. Amongst all this conflict, God, there's so much going on. Circus there's acrobat so Dick Grayson sees his family killed by Two Face, becoming Bruce Wayne's ward and Batman's new sidekick, Robin. Oh, Whoa. and women. Am I right? <laughs> oh, God. He knows. The bat knows. <laughs> what an incel. This is the, the incel Batman. Here we go. He Holy <laughs> Batnips Batman. It's Joel Schumacher's 1995 superhero film based on the DC Comics character Batman. Duh. <laughs> Batnips forever. It's, it's the third installment in the 1990s Batman film series, which included Batman's, you know, Tim Burton's Batman, Batman's Batman. Batman. You know, the Batman? Batman's Batman. Batman. <laughs> uh, Batman Returns from 92, also Tim Burton. And this film, and then Schumacher's Batman and Robin in 97. Which which is what I wanted to do. So, which might have, you know, I don't, I, it wouldn't have been better. But, you know, if you didn't have a good time, then blame yourself, John. I wanted to do Batman well, and Robin. <laughs> I think it worked to do this because, one, I hadn't seen it in a long time. And it was like... Yeah. Oh, like, dude. Jesus. Uh, and then, two, it's 25th anniversary here. 
You got an anniversary oh, here. And also it works because the Riddler's the big, the big, you know, he's the big comeback. He's coming back uh, in the Batman. So let's let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay. But I I made a I did a bad bad thing. Bad bad thing. Did a bad thing. My God. I uh <laughs> I haven't seen this film. I was sitting there trying to remember like last time I saw this film. I was definitely like I was definitely a kid, you know, a yeah. teenager, maybe, maybe a teenager, but possibly a kid. Uh, and Ugh. my God, I loved it as a child. Like, I absolutely love oh. this movie. Like, also Batman and Robin. And I know, I know they're bad. Like, and even at the, at the time as a kid, like, I was like, I'm aware that these aren't as good oh. <laughs> as different. Batman and Batman Returns. Because, like, Batman Returns is like, for me, it's one of these films that's so important to like my early childhood because it was one of the first films that I can remember seeing in the cinema because I have this like weird connection to like I think I've told this on the podcast where I was chasing my sister around like a warehouse, my dad's my dad's warehouse that he was working at, and uh he like turned around and uh-huh, you can't catch me, he turns back around and runs straight into like this big <laughs> metal cart and bust her head open and like, you know we like had to rush to the doctor before we went to the film with like stitches in her head but <laughs> that's funny that's one way yeah. to watch it yeah um but you know it's like i i loved those films and uh batman returns like i would probably say it's like i feel like that's the essential like of that time period especially it's just like the essential mm. batman it's like Everything was on running full cylinder with that film. It's so wild. Danny DeVito is the penguin. Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. Yeah. Still the best Catwoman. Yeah. Mental. But uh, yeah, this, I was ready for it as a kid. Huge, huge Jim Carrey fan. So I was like, hell yes. Perfect timing. This was right after the mask, Dumb and Dumber, everything. But rewatching it, my God. (laughs) Oh, man. Is bad. I think it's worse than Batman and Robin. And, and like I know a lot of people hate Batman and Robin, and but I think at least Batman and Robin has some merit because it is just so bad that it's kind of good, you know. Dude, I would actually agree with you. Mm-hmm. This is just I don't, trash. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't remember the last time I saw it, and it was awful. But yeah. I thought I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah, no, I I had fun while watching it for sure. Yeah, there's some really good elements to this, but yeah, I just I mean the main thing I mean I have so much to say about this movie and like <laughs> you know its interpretation of like the Batman mythos and stuff is amazing, but like yeah. it just I'm when I watch either one of these movies I'm like God you just wouldn't you will we'll never get a comic book movie that looks like that anymore. Yeah, that looks definitely not like a fucking comic book. Yeah, and it's so unashamedly like faithful to its origin mm-hmm. and it can't be, but it's it done quite lovingly. I think. Yeah. It just, you know, it's very much, you know, attributed to the Dickie show, which was subversive in itself. Mm-hmm. So like, they're just different, especially, yeah. but after the Burton <laughs> yeah. movie, I can see why this was a slippery slope. But I would agree. I think Batman and Robin is kind of the better one just because it went, it's like full on campy, like, neon nightmare like nothing but pun you know it's yeah. just it's just dumb jokes and um big over-the-top fights um with funny characters and this had a little bit of that 
it had the aesthetic, yeah. but it's still it's still kind of taking itself seriously. Yeah, like he was he was dipping his toes into those waters, but he was like aware that he needed it to be like a sequel to the series, which we'll get into this. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's wild. Um, I will say though, before we get into this, obviously we could have gone Batman and Robin, and that would have been like maybe more obvious, like if you, you know, think you know, just talk about a trash film for fun, you know, like. Obviously, but you know, like I said, twenty fifth anniversary. I haven't seen it in a while. It was kind of like fun to do the Riddler connection. Plus, you know, it's the first of Joel Schumacher's Batman films, and you know, Joel Schumacher unfortunately just passed away uh, a couple months yeah. ago. So, rest in peace, Not Joel Schumacher. Tribute. Like for sure, as, rest in as peace. much as we're gonna joke about this film, I don't like. I love Joel Schumacher. He's Me a too. great director. One of a kind. Amazing films. Yeah. Lost Boys is like one of the greatest vampire films ever made, if not like just one of the greatest sort of like teen horror films ever made, if not just one of the greatest films ever made. It's awesome. <laughs> For sure. Awesome movie. So Joel Schumacher rules. Um and this film, I mean, it's it's horrible. It's fun though. So we're <laughs> not gonna fun. take it's it's like we're turning off off our brains a little bit, sort of like when we do these uh fast and furious films over on patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. <laughs> hey. Um <laughs> What a segue. But yeah, no, this is, this is like, it, it's, it's just ridiculous. This film. Literally, I, I think that's why I kept saying. As a kid, I loved it. But as an adult, when I'm like looking at, looking at it, I was just like, what is going on? And I'm like, <laughs> trying to imagine what my parents, particularly my mom, who probably like would have been less into it. Like my dad, I think he, he loved comics. He was more of a Superman guy, but he did like Batman a lot. And, mm. uh, like I, I'm sure he was probably like down to just have fun with us watching this shit. But like my mom yeah. must have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I watching? Brain drain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After Batman Returns was released in 1992 to generally favorable reviews, Tim Burton had begun to develop a third Batman film that would have been titled Batman Continues. <laughs> this film... <laughs> Uh, well, tentatively, anyway. This film would have mm. seen Michael Keaton reprise his role as the Cape Crusader alongside Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Billy D. Williams was meant to come back as Harvey Dent, maybe Two-Face, not too sure about that. And uh, there was an early idea that would have seen a Jonathan Crane appearance, a.k.a. the Scarecrow in the film, Scarecrow. with Brad Dorff approach to play that role. Would have been sick. <laughs> I would have been all for that. <laughs> Sure. I love Brad Dorf. And also the weirdest thing. Hung up the Jaws Tiger Shark. It's a Tiger Shark. A what? A what? Because Arlen Waynes was attached to play Dick, the boy Wonder Grayson, aka Robin. Yeah, I'd heard that before. What? A what? <laughs> and he was attached for like years, like a good three yeah. years. So like they did test. I want to see him in like costumes and stuff. <laughs> he had that somewhere. Yeah. I think that's great. That, it's a sequel I wish I got to see. I think it really yeah. something interesting there. They almost made a comic book series out of it. Because mm-hmm. there's like, there's a trend going on right now where they do, there's like a Batman 66 comic, which is yeah. set in the world of the TV show. There's the yeah. Wonder Woman 77 comic set in the world of that show. Um, and there was an attempt to do Batman 92, which would have essentially been that sequel, Tim mm-hmm. Burton's sequel, 
the third one. But it never got off the ground, and I don't know why, but I remember there were sketches of Marlon Wayne and Robin yeah. and Billy D as Two-Face. Mm-hmm. And there's something there. There's something really interesting there. I'm I'm just trying to imagine what Marlon Wayans would have been like. He's quite tall. It always seems like he's pretty <laughs> tall in films and stuff. And he's he's a bit lanky and tall. And it would just like for me, I'm just trying to imagine, like, in when I'm I'm picturing his brother Damon, like as blank yeah. man, you know, like <laughs> just like especially early on when Robin has like I don't know what kind of suit you know Tim Burton had envisioned for Robin to have, especially early on, if it would have been like sort of like the circus acrobat suit that we see Chris O'Donnell wearing in this film or what, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm just trying to imagine him in that suit and it would just be so weird. Like, I don't know. He's it's just weird to think about Marlon Wayans. No, you're right. But that's, that's my main problem. Like Chris O'Donnell. I mean, we'll get onto it. He's too tall. He's too old. old. Robin is a kid. The whole point. And he, and they still treat him like a kid. Like he acts like a kid. But he's clearly like a twenty-five-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But he—they—they they talk to him like he's fifteen. Yeah, but it's like he had facial hair, and he—you know—just could he dress in like what he thinks is like a punk, and like does karate to hang up his clothes. Oh it's just, man! Oh, I can't wait! <laughs> can't wait! It's just so weird. So Tim Burton did do that. Instead, he he moved on to ruin Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or tried to. Yeah. So Tim Burton didn't get to do this uh, because Batman Returns, when it came out, parents complained a lot. Didn't think that companies like McDonald's should feature such dark characters on their cups and their little Happy Meal boxes and the toys. Plus, a factor in the toy sales in the shops weren't as hot as they envisioned because the movie was, you know, it's more so an adult film. Not for kids, really. That's why it's uh, and, good. <laughs> you know, and also the film made $150 million less than Burton's first film. The so Warner Brothers decided to go a much more family-friendly direction with this. So this would see Tim Burton basically be asked to step down. A bit <laughs> of a mutual thing, but uh, yeah, mostly it was just kind of like, get out of here. And uh, Yeah, once was, we know how to do it, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he is listed as a producer on Batman Forever, but pretty much this is... In name only, it seems, as yeah. he only took part in some folk focus groups and he was responsible for approving Joel Schumacher as his successor. Uh, some other directors, though, before Joel Schumacher came on that were considered were John McTiernan, which would have been interesting. Oh, he could have made a badass like action movie version. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a pre-Spider-Man, Sam Raimi. The Warner Brothers is like, we don't want to make another dark Batman film. I know. Let's hire the evil dead guy. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Those movies are fun. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was like them. Maybe it was dark man, you know, because that had come out a couple years before. But still, I just what? He hasn't even made. He hasn't made Spider-Man yet. And, you know, when when you know, he makes Spider-Man, you can you be like, all right, I get it. I get it. All right. He can do this big budget you know, superhero film and it'd be great. Mm. But early days that they were trying to go not dark. I don't know. So husband and wife screenwriting couple Lee and Janet Scott Batchelor were brought on to write the script and they developed the idea. I think they ran it by Burton. He was like, yeah, that's it. The key element to Batman is his duality 
it's not just that Batman is Bruce Wayne. You know, they had the whole duality thing. They were told they needed to use Two-Face as the villain. And they worked that all out and everything. And I think they even had like, you know, at that point, Schumacher knew who he wanted to be Two-Face. And that they needed another villain. So they brought in the Riddler. And the idea was that they would give Bruce Wayne a villain, Riddler, and Batman a uh, villain in Two-Face. So Mm -hmm. this film, obviously, I didn't notice it as much as a kid, but there is a lot of that going on, a lot more than I remember. It's quite thematically strong. (laughs) It's it's, It's really, they really beat you over the head with it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's so much of that, like Batman versus Bruce Wayne. Like even, you know, to the point of, like Edward Nigma versus the Riddler and two face, literally two faces. It's <laughs> like literally and then like, down the middle. Yeah. The yin yangs, everything. It's just so, oh <laughs> so much going on so much. There's it's way too much happening. In this yeah. Movie. Like it's visual. Like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but right off the bat movie, two hours doesn't mm-hmm. need to be two hours. Yeah. Lean hour and a half because mm-hmm. there's like three plots. Yeah. And, they're all happening at the same time mm-hmm. and like it's too much happening and also, but nothing happens. Yeah. And every scene <laughs> is exactly the same. Yeah. Every scene between Batman and Robin is you got to help me take down the two face. And he's like, it's not going to help kid. Like I work <laughs> alone. And then every scene between yeah. um, the Riddler and two face is like, I want to kill Batman and I want more information. I want to be super smart. Just wait. Um, just wait. <laughs> nah, and don't like, kill every- him yet. And then it's like Nicole Kidman and like uh, Batman is like, I want to fuck Batman. And also like, who like, oh, uh, dead parents, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's everything is exactly the same. Yeah. They do it like three, four times. Yeah. So you it's could mental. just cut it back and it'd be a little bit. Yeah, but I get so it. I appreciate, I'm, I appreciate that Two-Face is there to mirror Bruce's art. I get it. But yeah. it's so on the nose. It's so it's much. So not subtle. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up that it's really long because, my God, it is so long, this film. Like, and I wasn't having the greatest time with it. Like, you know, mm. I was having fun in certain instances, certain bits that I remembered as a kid and stuff, some bits that I kind of forgot about. It was like, there's some funny bits. And I mean, even the stupid stuff is fun. But like, mm-hmm. it after a while, you're just like, Man, this film is not ending. This is like really <laughs> long. Jeez. I was so relieved by the time we got to the end with the bit. Yeah. Like, I, I love the ending. I, yeah. I love it. I think it's amazing. <laughs> the like death trap ending. Um, but when we finally yeah. got to that, I was so relieved <laughs> that it was happening. <laughs> it was like, I was like, good. There was just a whole middle bit that I was like, I completely yeah. started to tune out. Because <laughs> the beginning, I was like, oh, I remember this. This is fun. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, this just keeps going. And I'm not like <laughs> buying, like, cause I'm only enjoying it on a superficial level. Cause I can't buy really anything that's happening. Again, it's something Batman and Robin does better. It doesn't really ask you to buy into any of it there. There's yeah. some emotional subtext. Yeah. There's actually some really good stuff in there mm-hmm. um, that they don't spend enough time on, but they don't try as much as this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are bits that I like about this. Like, I actually forgot about sure. how much they really did go into the uh, psychology of Bruce Wayne and like, I like doing know, the origin. dealing with his yeah. duality and stuff. And I, I do really appreciate some of that stuff. Um, maybe a bit much. And like you said, it just you get beat over the head with 
a lot of the information. It does. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> I like, seeing, you know, like I, Robin is, a, I like one of my f- a favorite characters along yeah. with Batman. Yeah. And he's, so, he's been so underrepresented in film. Mm-hmm. This isn't the only time they've really tried to do it properly. So I enjoy that. And it's pretty mm-hmm. dead on, like with the whole acrobat family and the circus. Yeah. Um, and the flying Graysons and all that. But it's just, it's just still not that well done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Even though I'm enjoying the effort, it's just like, oh, they did it. And then it's like, oh, but I hate Robin and that. <laughs> <laughs> Lee and Janet Scott Bachelor. They turned they turned in the script as Batman three, and the studio is who pushed forward the title Batman Forever. Uh, Tim Burton has said that I hated those titles like Batman Forever. That sounds like a tattoo that somebody would get when they're on drugs or something, <laughs> or something a kid would write in a yearbook. Batman Forever, dude. <laughs> yeah. He says I have high problems with some of those titles. I mean, come on, Tim Burton. You're you were about to call your film Batman Continues. Yeah, but like that's that's kind of lame. All right, so let's get into some cast here. So of course, one and done. Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. Okay, Bruce Wayne. I killed them. What? He killed them. What? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I I don't feel guilty. What? I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Uh, it's the car, right? Chick, dick the car. God, he's I'll get Incel Batman. Through. Incel Batman here. Initially, Michael Keaton was still attached to be Batman. Even after Schumacher came on, he was actually pretty excited to work with Schumacher at first, as Schumacher originally wanted to adapt Frank Miller's Batman Year One. But Warner Brothers rejected the idea. Warner Brothers wanted a sequel, not a prequel. Uh, like I said, so y- you could see they they were really pushing. We want this to be like. A sequel, we don't want people to think, oh, this is something new or something different. And uh, (laughs) the script changes uh, and the new family-friendly direction was being pushed ahead by Warner Brothers. So Michael Keaton was like, all right, I'm out. I'm not digging this. And he apparently even turned down $15 million to reprise his role. A lot of money. A lot of cake. I don't know if he regretted it or not. It's interesting to think like he would have stuck it out for both of these like Schumacher films. Uh, if you know what, what, what would have been different in his career? It's interesting, you know, cause Michael Keaton is yeah. like one of those interesting characters. We talked about, you know, the first Batman film uh, last year, last summer when we were shown it at the cinema, we talked about it a little bit myself and Ariane. You can go back into the archives. I can't remember which episode it is, but we did talk about it a little bit and we talked about, you know, Keaton, he's like, for me, I love him as Batman. The great Batman. I don't know if I really care too much about like, you know, who's my favorite Batman or like, no. uh, I mean, I know, no, I know it's not Ben Affleck. I, I wasn't really digging that, that whole scene. Um, you know, the, I, I don't really dig a lot of what DC's doing these days. Uh, mm. but you know, I, I don't know. It might be Michael Keaton. I'm actually fine with George Clooney, to be honest. Like, I Clooney's a good Batman. I, I like him as Batman. That's, that's another thing that's better in Batman. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about Val Kilmer though. I'll get to him in a second. But the decision yeah. was made. They need to go younger. They need to get a younger Batman in. Ethan Hawke was actually offered the role, but he turned it down. And it's a decision that he 
really regret it. Uh, <laughs> another person that nearly got the role was William Baldwin. Actually, he was a heavy contender. Really wild, yeah. I, that's funny. I think the other Baldwin would yeah. have been better. Who Alec? I think Alec Baldwin at a time, like Beetlejuice. Alec Baldwin, yeah. would have been a good Batman. Alec was also considered though. He was he was one of the yeah. the people up for the role. Uh, we also had Keanu Reeves as a potential person for it. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. Kurt Russell? Oh, dude, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Ray Fiennes? Johnny Depp? Better look. What the fuck? These are all over the place. And... <sighs> Gloves. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom what? Hanks is the only one that kind of looked like Michael Keaton. So it worked. Yeah. You got the curly hair and shit, but no, some of those yeah. are too young. Some of those would have been a decent, like Ethan Hawke could have made a good Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, God, no, a lot of them, yeah. no. But like, they're the look. Like, I can see Valcoma being part of that conversation. Yeah. Well, Schumacher had seen and loved Kilmer in Tombstone, and he yeah. was like, this guy would be such an amazing Batman. And uh, it actually worked out. He brought him in uh, to be the bats. So I don't know. I just think Kilmer is probably one of the worst Batman ever. Like, yeah. I know that's a thing. A lot of people say that anyway. And I, I, I don't think it's like the look. And I, I know when I was a kid, I remember it was a, like, I remember particularly my dad saying something like, I don't see, uh, you know, the blonde Batman. I, I you know, it's it's weird. The blonde Batman. It's strange because, you know, Val Kilmer has got this sort of dirty blonde hair. I, yeah, that doesn't yeah. bother me. The look itself no, no, doesn't no. bother me. It's he no. is deadpan. He is <laughs> he is wooden as shit in this movie. Unexpressive, like boring, <laughs> like oh my god, he is horrible in this. It's horrible. I don't get it. Could I like I like Val Kilmer, but yeah, I, yeah, I do I'm too. He, I do not buy him. Batman, like yeah. I don't know, maybe it's, I know, maybe it's the way he cut. I know there's a lot of stuff cut out of this movie, yeah. But like, yeah, it just there's nothing. It's just so unemotional, unengaged. It's mm-hmm. hard to buy in. You don't. I don't feel like I get to know him at all. He doesn't give me any sort of personality. Like that's hard in general. With Batman in general, I feel mm-hmm. like you don't always. It's, he's a frustrating character because. They tend to focus on his villain more, yeah, and he's defined more by who he's facing. But like, he's an interesting character, and we never really delve into him very much. And I appreciate them trying to here, but it's still there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel like I ever feel, like see him. I, I I don't have a problem with the look, though. I totally see him as Batman. I I think he makes a good Bruce Wayne, and I love. Yeah. Uh, Riddler trying to look like him throughout the movie. Yeah. He got the yeah. hair like him and shit. Absolutely. I really like that. So good. But yeah, I'm with you. No, not the best. Yeah. Movie. It's weird. Like he's just, he is like, he's just not there. I think, you know what though? Like Val Kilmer, I don't dislike Val Kilmer at all. I like him, but I no, think he's I like not, him. he's not like, he looks like a leading man, but he is <laughs> not a leading man. You know, like he's great as like a villain, like a, like in heat. Like just a, yeah. this sort of quiet villain guy, or or like you know, 
like you know top gun he's great in there you know he's, he's willow <laughs> he, yeah i mean he, he's great in these sort of side roles like because even if you go in like you know the doors movie where he plays yeah. morrison he looks great yeah. but he's <laughs> he's just like that's probably but one of not. his better like leading roles maybe like mm-hmm. i don't know I, you know, I just think like, cause in Tombstone, he's great, but he's not really the main character in Tombstone is Kurt no. Russell. So yeah, I don't know, man. He's, he's a weird, he's a weird one. And also here we go again from the start of production, Val Kilmer and Joel Schumacher clashed. Schumacher said that Val Kilmer was being irrational and ballistic with the first assistant director, the cameraman, the costume people. He was rude and inappropriate. He was childish and impossible. I was forced to tell him that this would not be tolerated for one more second. Then we had two weeks where he did not speak to me, but this was bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the friction obviously would lead Kilmer to not reprise the role in Batman and Robin. Also, you know, a, a, bit of, a bit of reviews, bad reviews about him anyway, in his performance, like we already gave, but you know, comes back later. Um, and <laughs> saw him to move on to some more friction, you know, because his next film he would have moved on to was Richard Stanley's doomed island of Dr. Moreau, which we (laughs) brought up in uh, Color Out of Space. So if you want to go back to the episode where we talked about Color Out of Space, we did mention a little bit about Richard Stanley's island of Dr. Moreau and how, yeah. An amazing story. Val Kilmer was. (laughs) Go back, listen to it. An asshole. <laughs> like yeah, he was an asshole. Sure. I think he was just drinking a lot, man. Maybe like maybe he just took that like horror film a little too seriously, you know. Jim Morrison. <laughs> he never like moved on. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, next we got Tommy Lee Jones as Harvey Two Face Dent. But bad, 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 not good, very bad. <laughs> Why is he in this movie? Could I know he didn't like being in this movie? Not at all. No, (laughs) I've heard Jim Carrey talk about it. Yeah. But like, oh my God, it's bad. It's like, and for the opposite reason of Val Kilmer, it's it's weird because it's so over the top. Yeah. It's it's him basically doing Cesar Romero Joker from the 60s, but a really bad version that you don't buy he just kind of and then soon the riddler showed up he's just there to kind of whimper and like make noise and just go ooh, ah yeah and like the character's really poorly written because i mean he just he just showed up firstly mm-hmm. just in two-faced they they did explain his backstory but like very briefly it's very brief and the whole duality is so cartoonish and literal like with the he wears two suits two drinks he got two women with him all the time mm-hmm. his room is split in two his face is cartoonishly like messed up on one side and like he constantly referred to himself as we and our and and he got the coin but it's so really poorly done yeah it's so stupid and it's yeah. just like like we'll, we'll talk about jim carrey but jim carrey performance is crazy as well but yeah it's, at least i buy him yeah, he's doing Jim Carrey, but he's doing it well. And Tommy Lee Jones, I'm just like, why are you here, man? <laughs> like, I would have much rather seen Billy D. <laughs> yeah, it's such a wild performance, and I think a lot of it is, like you said, there's that Joker element. I think also a little bit of Jack Nicholson's Joker that he's trying to bring to the yeah. table here, like this sure. kooky, 
crazy character. You know, I I mean, you know, my the extent of my knowledge of Two Face really would just be like the amazing like '90s Batman uh, animated series, which I mean wouldn't exist without these films, especially the first two films. That first yeah. film really like and it pushed them to make that series, and it was one amazing. of the best cartoons ever. Yeah, yeah, and Two Face like. He's like, from what I remember, he was never this wacky. And it's just like, no, it's so weird to see. deep character. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not like totally against it because at times it's, it's a riot, him and Jim Carrey together. It's like, it's a riot. For but, sure. But it he doesn't even really jump strange. back and forth though. Yeah. You know, he's always wacky. Yeah. He's just doing what yeah, he definitely. thinks a comic book villain is. Mm-hmm. But like. If he was like really serious and really straight, like he's a straight talking lawyer, like he used to be, and then suddenly he'll just snap because yeah. obviously of the schizophrenic nature of the character, yeah. that would be interesting. And then yeah. that would be a way to bounce off the Riddler. So, like, the Riddler could be actually talking to two different people yeah. and trying to take advantage of both of them. It, it would be it's actually an interesting thing to be done there. Yeah, it's not like we don't get the, you know, the evil side of him. It's a, it's full blown wacky, and he's doing evil things, but he's wacky while he's doing it, and he doesn't come off sinister or threatening, except for the fact that he's never. doing these acts. It's never like it's it's sort of like, well, of course I'm going to be afraid of you. You've got a gun, and you're you're like <laughs> you're a maniac, but I'm not yeah. afraid of you because you're psychologically scaring me. <laughs> like you know, yeah, like he- there's not. I don't know. He's clearly inept as well. The, yeah. the running joke of like, why can't I kill the Batman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you stuck at this yeah. chop. <laughs> well, this was the first official live action appearance of Two-Face. But not Harvey Dent. Yeah. Uh, because Tommy Lee Jones took over for the role of Billy D. Williams, who was Harvey Dent in Tim Burton's first Batman movie. He was meant to be in the sequel, actually, Batman Returns. But when Christopher Walken's character, Max Shrek, uh, was written in, they wrote oh, yeah. him out. So Burton had been planning to make this third film. He had Billy D. Williams uh, in mind to return, possibly his Two Face. Uh, and apparently, Williams had a stipulation in his contract from the first film that if there was any future movie made that featured Two Face, then he would play the role. But when Schumacher decided to cast Tommy Lee Jones, they had to pay him off, actually, oh. to like. <laughs> you know, not be in the film. And uh, Billy D. Williams has actually said, he said that this isn't true, that they didn't have to pay him off. Uh, but that's a big rumor that was going around for a lot of years. I and, imagine that if that's in the contract, you'd have to settle. Yeah, I feel like there's probably something uh, because there's another character we'll bring up in a second um, where apparently he did get something. So, but, you know, Billy D. Williams got something in the end. Anyway, he did get to play the role finally in the Lego Batman movie in 2017. He did. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was Joel Schumacher's first choice for the role of Two-Face when he was working with him in The Client in 1994. Oh, that's a good movie. (laughs) Jones accepted the role because of his son, Austin, who was 11 at the time, said Two-Face was his favorite character. So... That's the reason why he's in the film, but still, I'm surprised he's in this film. Other (laughs) potential candidates for the role were Mel Gibson, (laughs) who I think was actually pretty close to getting the role. He was actually apparently going to be, he was a top choice for Batman, I think, in the first film 
but he, he could have played Batman. He had, uh, I think he had to make Lethal Weapon two or something like that. So I think he Lethal Weapon able. two came out same time. Yeah. yeah. So Al Pacino was potentially. <gasps> Holy oh! shit! Whoa! Whoa! The Batman! <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm going to kill you and your boy Wanda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's been rolling around for ages. Yeah, because Clint Eastwood, I think, apparently wanted to play the Riddler, I think, in the 60s Batman TV show. (laughs) I think. I think. I read something, something with Clint Eastwood in the original Batman 66 series. Uh, where he was like up for a role or something that never happened. So it's kind of funny that he was like linked to this. Martin Sheen apparently as well. And Nicolas Cage? What? Oh, that's good. No, that's I mean, good. That it would have been time. I would have loved it. But have you I'm seen Faith Enough? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Stay No More? Yeah, but it took two of them to do what to do what <laughs> Fair enough. Emily Jones did in this film, man. So <laughs> In the comics, though, this is another thing that people took issue with that uh, whatever, you know, Two-Face coin landed on when he's flipping his coin, he'd actually abide by the coin. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the scene in the film, though, Two-Face is like flipping his coin continuously until he obtained the desired result. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Apparently irked a lot of fans. Uh, And also another thing that irked a lot of people is his look. His Two-Face didn't have the bulging eye and the exposed teeth on the left side of his face and... I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a lot of that has to do with like, they're going f- more family friendly. They're not, <laughs> you know. He is a, technically a burn victim and yeah. they couldn't be that realistic. <laughs> they didn't want to, they didn't want to go too hardcore with it. Um, but Rick Baker actually did the, of the really? designs, like the, the, the makeup guy? design. Yeah. It does look good. Yeah. It, it looks pretty wild. I mean, he kind of looks like a. He kind of looks like Ivan Ooze or something, you know, like half half of yeah. his face. Rick Baker wanted to betray these iconic qualities early in the design process, but it was like, you know, the the original Two Face, like eye bulging eye and you know, exposed teeth and stuff. But it was like vetoed pretty early on. Uh, so nope. <laughs> now we know that Schumacher and Val Kilmer they shared no love, and you sort of briefly mentioned this, but Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey. Is Edward Nigma, aka I've heard this. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so apparently, Tommy Lee Jones just hated his movies. And according to Jim Carrey, he saw Tommy Lee Jones eating at a restaurant. And after coming up to say hello, said the blood drained from Tommy's face. He got up and hugged <laughs> Jim Carrey, and he said, "Hate you. I really don't <laughs> like you. I cannot sanction your buffoonery." Wow, that's some cold shit. I cannot yeah. sanction your buffoonery. Yeah, but given this animosity, I mean, it's kind of amazing how good their chemistry is on screen. Like, regardless of Tommy Lee Jones being like just whatever in this film, like him, hate him, whatever. Him and Jim Carrey are like pretty fun together when they're together at times. Like those are some of my favorite bits of the film when I, you know, when I was having fun the most with this was just like Jim Carrey just being absolutely mental, going over the top, just getting really dialed into like whatever the fuck he was trying to do with this character (laughs) and also playing up this weird sort of like homoerotic sort of influences from, you know, Joel Schumacher 
like it, all hitting ahead and just being like sure. really fucking funny. Like Jim Carrey in this is like absolutely wild. <laughs> just He's absolutely fucking wild. crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it could have been somebody else that uh, maybe Tommy Lee Jones wouldn't have hated. It could have been Robin Williams in the role because Lee and Janet Scott Bachelor actually wrote the role with Robin Williams in mind the whole time. And mm. they even were looking at the comic book character of the Riddler. They, you know, just thought like, wow, he actually kind of looks like Robin Williams. Like the, in the mm-hmm. comics, it's really wild. But there was some scheduling conflicts with Jumanji coming out that year as well. So he wasn't able to shoot. And there's also some rumors. I don't know if this is true or not that he, that after he was denied the role of Joker, in 1989's Batman because Jack Nicholson came on board and they were like, oh yeah, big star, bigger than Robin Williams. <laughs> then Robin Williams refused the role of the Riddler. <laughs> uh, he's like, fuck you, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's something do. I feel like we really missed out on. I feel like he would have been uh, a really, not even just a Riddler, I think that he would have been a great Riddler, but a just Batman comic villain. book villain, a Batman yeah. villain. I think Robin Williams would have fucking killed it, but like more like the yeah. one hour photo version of Robin Williams. Yeah. Like it's just that yeah, obviously there's something there. He was just such a great actor. I wish we got to see it. And I like Jim Carrey. I thought about it when watching it. I was like watching Jim Carrey. I was like, this is amazing, but it's Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. It's Ace Ventura on crack, right? It's like just yeah. turned up to a thousand Plus with like Joel Schumacher's influence, like you said. But I was like, I was just thinking, I was like, I wish they'd given him another shot at that character. Like if they were remaking it now, like they are, and they're doing another Riddler, Jim Carrey could totally play the Riddler, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And do a darker, more serious version. Jim Carrey, when he like tried to go a little bit more serious, his comedy career started to wane. His dramatic career was starting to take off, but it just never really hit. Mm-hmm. And he had some of those really amazing, like indie dramas and stuff. Occasional, yeah. like big, you know, uh, big comedy that would hit. But like for the most part, he was starting to, you know, in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, started to like yeah. dive down in popularity and stuff. And he got a bit weird with it, and his like choices were a bit stranger. And he's like actually started to flourish as like a really fucking good actor. <laughs> like it would have been really incredible for sure to see him get another shot to play like you know this really in-depth character i mean because you could see it then i actually you know if this would have came out like a couple of years later even when jim carrey really started to like tap into his dramatic parts mm-hmm. and was able and also he needed space like i know they wanted to sell toys and like you know be family friendly but like i i always hate this with like these superhero films when there's like just all the, all the fucking characters, like you just don't need that many. That's why I think like it's great about the first Batman film is just the Joker. One. It's just the Joker. And the second one, even like it it's works one really villain well. And like an anti-hero. Yeah. Like. Cause Catwoman sort of blurring the lines a little bit. She's playing both the love interest, which you always kind of have anyway, and sort of a villain. And like this sort of in his way a little bit, but at the same time, like she's still sort of like a love interest. So it it works. She doesn't get in the way of like the story at all. It like she's part of it. Yeah, she's part part of it. it. It, But like there at times when you're thinking about like how much you could do with Jim Carrey as Edward Nigma, 
like at the times when they were tapping into his like mania it was just like really good but then you like quickly like snap and you're in like batman's weird incel relationship <laughs> him like trying to be a dad him, yeah. <laughs> him like battling with tommy lee jones who's just super wacky i mean it's just like there's not enough space you know no yeah no i think you're right i think he yeah he it would have been better if he had more space to actually explore yeah. that character but i think Jim Carrey is probably the only person in this movie who knows what movie he's in. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. He's, he's the best because of it. You just watch him, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, Jim Carrey's made. And he's throwing <laughs> out lines at the maid. It, like, he's sat there and he's trying to think of names. And he's like, the gamester, Captain Kill. And he's just riffing and riffing. <laughs> and like, even just like, you know, he's watching like Robin's parent be killed at the circus and he's just laughing like eating popcorn throwing it <laughs> yeah. and he's like he's like amazing he's like a drag queen he's got like 10 different wardrobe outfits and they get yeah. more and more amazing as the film yeah. goes on and he gets like really fucked up at the end really deformed it's like it's just all over the place it's, mm-hmm. but it's great it's like the, it's the thing I, I think I probably remember most fondly about the movie even if yeah. it's the thing that like ages it most because it's so 95 Jim Carrey. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. Like, I mean, for me as well, like I, I've said this before, uh, cause you know, we were talking about Jim Carrey with our Truman show episode. That was episode 59. Mm-hmm. Go back. That's a fucking heavy hitter of an episode. Yeah. It's really good. The Mama Jamma. He was on a streak at this time. I mean, you had dumb and dumber, mm-hmm. the mask, Ace Ventura one and two. You had <laughs> Batman forever. And then the Truman show. I mean, it's just like, hit after hit after hit after hit it's mental he had such a streak and i remember when this film was coming out i was so stoked because like were all those films and stuff and like when he really started to like get a bit popular like you know i was seeing him in like earth girls are easy and seeing him in in, living uh, color in living color yeah so it was like i was all for this i was like hell yes jim carrey in a batman film i love batman let's do it let's do this um Mm. Matthew Broderick actually expressed interest in the role. And I I think he was like, you know, I don't know if it was like he was considered at all, but, you know, I think he was gunning for it. And bizarrely, I didn't think I would ever have to bring up this name, you know, when it came to talking about a film again. But bizarrely, Michael Jackson? (laughs) Like, really lobbied to play the Riddler. But it's apparently like, he was ignored by on. the studio. What? A what? Dude, like, why are you just trying to, you wanted Peter Pan and now you want the Riddler? Like, just stop. You're Michael Jackson. You can only play one thing. <laughs> just go and buy a green suit and just go dance on stage, man. Like, is that it? Or did he just want to wear green? I don't know. Like, what? I don't get it. I never. I didn't see anything about him trying to like put any weird voodoo curses on uh, Joel Schumacher <laughs> <laughs> or Jim Carrey for that matter. But yeah, no, that's weird. I don't. I don't know. Strange. Uh, what might it yeah. be? Jim Carrey though, he was selected because of Ace Ventura. Sh- Schumacher saw it and he was like, "This guy's gonna be pissed." He was heavily influenced by '60s Batman Riddler Frank Gorshin, as he was a big fan Definitely. of. Him. He said it was like one of his favorite actors when he was a kid so uh, and he also helped a lot with some of the designs for the outfits and stuff and he even even had an idea to shave a question mark into his scalp 
uh, it, with like the point of the question mark being basically like, you know, at the base like of the spine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a question. The Riddler changed hairstyle frequently. Yeah. Between two hairstyles, but neither look like a wig. Yeah. I'm confused. He has the, he has the, bu- he has the pink buzz cut. Yeah. The orangey, and like reddish pink hair. Long hair. Yeah. And yeah. then he has the businessman, like the Bruce Wayne look, which displays yeah. like, like dirty blonde <laughs> Which hair. looks like Jim Carrey's and they real all hair. look real. Which yeah. is just his real hair. And he got the yeah. fake mole and the glasses that he pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. He's so like, how's my mole look? Yeah, it's so good. I love I love when he's like sitting there with the glasses and like, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne's like taking his glasses off. So he like, you know, he takes his glasses off and he like, Bruce Wayne puts like the edge in his, like, it, you know, the tip of the glasses in here into his mouth. And then he like, you know, he's just mimicking everything he's doing. It's so good. <laughs> He's just trying to out fucking like Playboy, you know. It's the so Playboy. good. It's so good. I mean, it's great. Like, like this is a running. This our character. It's such a running trope in superhero movies, and I kind of hate it. This mm-hmm. like really like over the top cartoonish nerd transforming into like a super villain that the hero never saw coming. Yeah. It was like someone from their past that they never took seriously because they were weird looking or whatever. And it's been done so many times. And I, I feel like it started with this movie <laughs> and it's the <laughs> yeah. only time that it kind of works. Yeah. Um, it gets really stupid because it's like, who else could the Riddler be? Like Batman, Bruce Wayne should have instantly been like, Oh, it's that guy I met once. He tried <laughs> yeah, to was, tell me this yeah. book. Yeah. It's clearly Edward Nigma, but he actually follows all the riddles and clues. And then he's like, E, Mr. E, Mr. E, Nigma. Yeah. It's him. He's the Riddler. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh my God, there's this crazy guy called the Riddler and he's leaving clues and he's killing people. Who could it be? Could it be the Riddler? Like, that's, that's essentially the storyline <laughs> of Batman Forever. Yeah. But like, they do the same thing in like Iron Man 3 with Guy Pierce. And he literally had like, a he like had a limp and he got like funny teeth and Jamie Foxx did it in the amazing Spider-Man two with the <laughs> comb over and shit. And it kind of looks like Kristen Wiig is doing it in the new wonder woman. And it's like, I'm really tired of it. Yeah. I mean, they literally did the same thing in the next film, like in Batman and Robin, in the Thurman, as yeah, she, and Ivy does the exact same thing. <laughs> I hate it. I really hate it. And I just wanted yeah. to say I blame Batman Forever for that. <laughs> you started it. You did it yeah. well, but you started it. You oh, started it. It's, it's just the easiest arc to do. Yeah. Uh, so Val Kilmer may have disliked Schumacher. Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones may have disliked Jim Carrey. But Val Kilmer and Jim Carrey actually became pretty good friends during filming, which is pretty sweet. Oh, that's nice really sweet. Uh, apparently yeah. they both which this is sad but they both bonded over the deaths of their fathers uh they became good friends so hollywood is so sad as much as like we shit on like you know val kilmer earlier as batman but we do like him a lot and i hope he's in you know doing well in health i know he's like you know been a bit, it's been a bit sick in the last few years and, and you know it was really good to see him Reprises sort of Batman role as well, you know, in uh, yeah. Kevin Kevin Smith's uh, most recent Jay and Silent Bob reboot film. So yeah, I love that. That's really nice. Really cool. Uh, so next, here we go. Chris O'Donnell 
Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Robin. Bill, the dynamic duo are in effect. <laughs> With that, I have to call. Snack time! Snack time. Quarantine. Quarantine. It's snack time. Quarantine. Quarantine. It's snack time. Lockdown. Snack time. Yeah, sure. Okay, man. What you got? What you what you rocking? So I'm rocking because the the dynamic duo are together. We've got a uh boost duo. Oh it's a twofer. It's a duo. Nice. One now, one later. Yeah. I've never had a boost. So I had many options, obviously, because uh you know, there's a lot of duo candy duos, but uh, I haven't had boost before, so I was like, hey, well, I'll try something new. What's the point of eating a Snickers when I've had it before? <laughs> boost, like the Batmobile, got like a nitro boost. There you go. Yeah, I wish it was uh, an actual Batmobile in here, It'd be a lot more fun. <laughs> All right, let's see. Not great. Uh, but you look happy. <laughs> it's okay. It's just like a weird sort of nougat inside. <laughs> uh, oh, man. It's really what, sweet as well. Uh, what did it taste like? Ooh. I've never had one. Sort of like a a ripoff of Twix, but like not as crunchy inside and a little too nougaty instead of like, <laughs> instead of that nice caramel. I don't mm. know. Uh, okay, how many bat nipples do you give it? Ooh. Bat nips. I'll give it like one and a half bat nips. It's sort of like you know, <laughs> bat- Batman decided to go surfing or something, and he forgot to take his shark repellent, and like a shark rubbed against his nipple, and like half of it got shaved off from the shark's abrasive skin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like the it's the one thing they don't do in this movie. It's like shark repellent, but he yeah. basically had the same. He like he had like a bunch of coins in his bat belt <laughs> yeah. just to confuse the yeah. Two Face at one point. I meant to talk about that when we were talking about Two Face. What the fuck? But, <laughs> it's like it's just they trick it again. It's like the Boba Fett thing where he like yeah. dies by accident. They just like he falls. And he just All right. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Okay, so every one of these films, they wanted, you know, they they wanted this film to be like a lot more child friendly and stuff. This in every one of those films before, the the baddie sort of accidentally dies, you know. Yeah, they they're accidentally ended. But in this one, Batman, Batman tries to save. He pretty him. much kind of kills him. Like he yeah, tricks he knows him. what he's doing. He knows what, what he thinks was going to happen. So in the film that's supposed to be the child family friendly one, Batman actually just straight up murders the baddie. After Robin deliberately didn't kill him. He's like, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want any part of this life, Robin. (laughs) And then what? (laughs) Sorry, what'd you bring for Snack Time? It's difficult and I'm lucky to find it. Well, Dusty pointed it out and I was like, yes. It's um, Batman candy sticks. Oh, nice, dude. 
Yeah. I was wanting to find something Batman. I, I was like, if I was in America, I would find it like every other aisle like in the grocery store. They'd I was looking for like a pen or a lollipop something, but this is all <laughs> I got. And I remember these candy sticks when I was a kid. I remember them being gross. So I can't wait go. to try them. Are these the ones you like pretend you're smoking a cig? Exactly. Yeah. And I am um, trying to quit smoking right now. So this okay. might actually help me. This might yeah, help dude. me. Just save them every time you're trying to smoke. You know, just yeah. put it in your mouth and just like, ah, nah, nah yeah. son. Yeah, nah, <laughs> But you thought. Okay, I'm going to try and I'm going to take a bite. <laughs> My God. It's like a crack of tooth off that. Like you ate a stick of chalk there. That's literally what it feels like. I mean, it's very sweet. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Horrible to eat, though. Yeah, I'm not sure I like this boost. Yeah, I'm not a fan. And there's like there's like ten sticks in here. I think they really overestimated how much I wanted. <laughs> I guess when you're a kid, you know, you'd eat them all in one go. But the best thing these candy sticks came with. Tattoo. Oh shit. Batman tattoo, bro. Metal dude. Does it say Batman Forever? No, but it's just Batman's face with three bats around it. Can you see it? Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, I have that for the next, you know, day or two. It's gonna rub off twenty five years. All right. What I'm just going to have a candy stick in my mouth the whole time. What are you giving them? I give them, I mean, they're pretty bad. Um, I give them, I'll give them an extra point for the tattoo. So I'll give them two bat nipples. Two bat nipples. Sick. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So let's get back to it. Chris O'Donnell is Dick Grayson, AKA Robin. So as I mentioned earlier, Marlon Wayans was attached in Burton's film. And when Schumacher came on board, he wanted to look at other casting options. But due to this, this is apparently true. So this is what I'm saying with that whole thing with uh, Billy D. Williams. It probably is true as well. They paid Marlon Wayans off to not be in this film. He got paid to not be Robin. <laughs> apparently he says that he still gets residual checks for the film. That's, look, that we paid you what? to do a job, and they, you know, we didn't fulfill our bargain, so we keep paying you. These I motherfuckers are good, really good agents, man. Yeah, really good agents. Goddamn right. So, some other options before Chris O'Donnell came on board, we had Matt Damon, apparently. Matt Damon, <laughs> Corey Haim, and Corey Feldman, the two Corys. I, you know, they they were like. That makes sense. To the tail end of their stardom, but they both had that Schumacher in, you know, from Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. It would have been nice. interesting. Uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Early days yeah. of Marky Mark. I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm Robin. Hey, <laughs> I do your mother for me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Christian Bale, which he denies. He like that's funny. He straight up said like years later, he's like, "No, I fucking go out for Robin in that film." <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fucking Batman now. What? Yeah, interesting. And even 
Leonardo DiCaprio, who went as far to meet with Schumacher, was pretty interested, I think. <laughs> but he turned down the role, and I think a lot of it had to do with the change in tone because he saw Batman and Batman Returns. He was thinking, this is the world we're going to be in. Gets a little bit. Yeah, that's badass. It gets a little bit wild and child friendly, and Leo was not as interested in it. So, yeah, they went with Chris O'Donnell. Now, as far as Leonardo DiCaprio goes, I start thinking about this uh, just before we, you know, started chatting to record. Leonardo DiCaprio would be like a very interesting Batman. I feel like he yeah. on point, like is on point, like in real life, he is Bruce Wayne. Like he lives yeah. the Bruce Wayne life. He has all the young girlfriends. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's like really famous. He's like always being followed around by cameras and all this sort of shit. He has a lot of money yeah, and he's really, yeah, he's a philanthropist. He's really involved in like mm. all those like, causes Contest. like you know the uh the environment and all that he like i it'd be an interesting thing you know i never thought about it but i'm 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 with you i could see him i think <laughs> he's got i totally buy him as bruce wayne yeah um i think i'd have to see him in the in the mask and yeah, shit yeah it'd be interesting in the suit as batman know? but i think he could do a version of it it's yeah. kind of well, it's a similar reason why i think robert Pattinson would be great because yeah. for the most part people just see him as the like, like teen heartthrob, uh, like, like good looking guy from all those big blockbusters. He's known for being more just a slow, he's known for being seen as one thing, yeah. So that's exactly Bruce Wayne. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, Bruce Wayne, he's socialite, he's famous, but he's secretly Batman, and that's the whole thing. He's like, you know him from Twilight, but he's like secretly, not secretly, if you've been paying attention, you know, he's a very good actor. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, that totally makes sense. And he would, I think he's going to do a great job. So there's something, there's something to that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, now I'm annoyed that we never got that. <laughs> yeah, and it maybe now, never maybe now. Like that. Batman's still in the air right yeah, now. Maybe. There's all these yeah. different Batman. You could do a version where Leo is Batman. Why not? Because they're, they are currently doing kind of two Batmans at the same time. Because. Is Ben Affleck not going to be in the Flash film? He is, right? Like, has Batman. Affleck is coming to Flash, but you know who else is coming back to the Flash? Michael fucking Keaton. Michael fucking Keaton yeah. returns. As and he's coming back. The elder statesman Batman. Which is a perfect idea. And he's coming mm-hmm. back, like, like on his own terms. It's not like, remember Michael Keaton? He didn't really do anything after the Batman movie. He's done his comeback. And he's yeah. done his, like, taking the piss out of his former life as batman by doing birdman yeah and then had a great had, had done like a string of excellent dramas and had proved himself over and over again and so it's like now it's like i choose to come back in batman and it's yeah really i love it cool. i love it i, I love, I love michael it. keaton I, i'm down for it you know what they're Me doing too. though in dc though that they're, they're doing multiple batman right now they're also doing they these, got the like, multiverse yeah they, they've got these side stories as well like joker like why not mm-hmm. i mean i'm throwing this out there why not just fuck batman just do a bruce wayne film leo <sighs> as just bruce wayne, bruce wayne. 
Just call it Bruce Wayne or something. Begins. Or Bruce Wayne. Begins. Just Wayne. Wayne. Bruce begins. <laughs> Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. Wayne grow. And it's just, <laughs> you could do it. And it's just the bit, it's like, oh, is that the bat signal? And then you run off camera and then we yeah. just hold on the house and then you come back like all sweaty. And he's like, whew, now. Back to my book, <laughs> you know, book. and it's just him playing chess with Alfred yeah. and like hooking up with yeah, young Russian ballerinas. <laughs> <laughs> just go film. Literally, all yeah. you have to do is go to Leonardo DiCaprio's house and just call him Bruce a bit. <laughs> like, have some characters yeah. come in and call him Bruce, but just interact with him, and then just go and edit that shit into a film, and then you've got Bruce Wayne. Like, that's it. Money, <laughs> just that's money. Film. Film him. Uh, but yeah, let's get back to Chris O'Donnell, though. I personally, I know you were saying you you, you weren't digging it. I've always kind of liked I Chris like O'Donnell. It. I hate I it. I hate it rewatching this film, though, and seeing some of the stupid stuff they did with him. But uh, I, I kind of like him. Like, I think I just like him. Um, okay. And I remember as a kid always thinking, like, maybe it's just because I wanted to see Robin because I liked Robin and the cartoons and the comics and stuff. And it was yeah, just like, I, I want to see it. I want to see it. And it was cool to see. And like you said, it's just really just like he's underutilized in live action films. It's just, it just not, doesn't not there. work. Yeah. It just, and this just doesn't work for me. I don't know. Maybe could they change? I think it's just too old. It's too old. It doesn't yeah. work. It's not like a, it's not a partner thing. It's a father son thing. That yeah. Batman and Robin, that's they're supposed to be the relationship. He's supposed to be like an impressional kid yeah and that's why he's a little bit of a brat and that's why he's emotional and um you know lashing out and runs Mm -hmm. away and he doesn't know what to do with it and the whole thing is bruce sees himself in this kid this kid who's lost his family but you just get this fucking petulant like 20 year old (laughs) with like the shitty sideburns and like the earring and leather jacket and like yeah like doing these like just he's really invasive as well. He's just like snooping around the house and just stumbles upon the Batcave. And but Alfred you know, is like he Alfred's, found the car. <laughs> Alfred's egging that on though. And Alfred doesn't do shit. Alfred he's like, like helpless. <laughs> well, he does his own. He lets him do it. Really, I mean, he's like he doesn't let him in. Yeah, no, he, he like, does. He does. He's totally down no, for he it does, because there's it. that point where he's like he's he hollers for him. He's just like just checking. Uh, just checking, and then he like because he knows he knows he's going to like he knows that he's curious about it, and he's like wants to know what's behind that door. He's already asked about it before, and then he sees him go in, and then he's just like, "All right, fucking bolt down." He doesn't. And also, Robin he, yells when he does. Yeah. He goes now, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, what does like, he what? yell? What was that? <laughs> what does he yell?" I was saying that as well. I was like, "Why didn't he yell that? Like that was a bit weird." Uh, yeah. But anyway, I mean, you get him in the you get him in the suit. You know, you the see him in cool. the, the suit. The uh, the flying Grayson suit. They actually they added in a another character. So in the comics, he doesn't have a brother. It's just him and his two parents is the flying yeah. Graysons. But uh, when they were doing some research and stuff, uh, I think that the the writers they had like a friend who was in the circus that they were talking to and stuff, and they were like, "You need more people than just three like for that sort of make yeah. high flying act." So they added in uh, another person who is his brother who dies as well as the parents but that person actually like funny enough was um uh chris o'donnell's stunt double in the film as well Uh, as being his brother uh that's funny and also another thing that was changed uh in the comics there's a 
mob character named Tony Zuko who kills Dick Grayson's parents. Not mm. Two Face, but they changed it to sort of work. I mean, it's sort of the same thing with. Did it's Jack not, Nicholson, Batman. Yeah, Jack Nicholson, Jack Napier, or whatever. Is that, is well, that what Joker his name killed his parents? Yeah, but yeah, that's, which, not, that's, that's not the not, comic at all. Yeah. So it's just a random mugger. That's the whole point. Yeah. So they do the similar sort of thing just to make it work, to get some vested interest. Yeah. It doesn't it's really pretty matter. dead on. I, yeah. I did really like there was a few really funny sort of things where, um, you know, he's offering some name suggestions and he, he name drops Nightwing. Like that was like, Nightwing. Yeah. yeah. Bat Boy, Nightwing. Yeah. <laughs> Nightwing is, Nightwing's a badass. I love that. That's what I mean. Like, I would love to see that done in a movie like if you could if they could get their shit together and actually just hold on to a batman for a while yeah and you could have you could see robin grow up and then become his own character like that was that's just such a rewarding thing and that happened in the comics and they've done it multiple mm-hmm. times because there's yeah. been three or four robins just watching characters come into their own but i guess they they let him be more of his own character in this one yeah robin is just He's not sidekick. He's like a partner. I get it. Just yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know they, they it, like, I know they didn't do it with uh, Nolan's trilogy and cause Nolan was like, Oh, I wanted to be darker and stuff. And they sort they of kind of did it, it a bit end. with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Robin. Yeah, but really messy. Yeah. He's yeah, named but Robin, weird. but he's just becoming Batman. Like, yeah, pick one. very, very he's both curious, very weird. But I'm really surprised that none of these films, like they haven't just properly going for especially now like when you can see what i don't know they need to get themselves like a tom holland type you know someone who who's an adult who can work as many hours as you want you don't have to worry about that whole fucking <laughs> bullshit because i know that's a bit of a problem with doing films like child labor kids laws. In it, child <laughs> labor laws like all sorts of stuff the hours the stunts blah 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 but you get a kid that's young but he's an adult but he looks young he's small funny Really charismatic. I mean, I love Tom Holland. I think he's like the perfect Spider-Man. Um, okay. He's just fucking great. And if you get a character like that to play Robin, like why? Why, is, why isn't it really just? I don't know why haven't they really done it yet? And also, why yeah. haven't they done a Nightwing film? That's money, dude. People <laughs> would totally go see Nightwing. Like, yeah, all those nerds out there love Nightwing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Batmobile usually driven by stunt drivers in these films. Of course, it's a pretty crazy uh machine i actually love the batmobile in this movie yeah it. it's a pretty wild batmobile i, I think amazing. i had i can't remember if i had this one or if i had the one for batman or robin but they're kind of similar looking yeah, uh, yeah. you, know, you can see through them yeah really cool you know the batmobile is like they're pretty wild machines because like they're not really street legal the only time they're ever really allowed to be like driven on the road apart from when they're like doing filming was when they were taking them to either like i guess fuel up or to like get some maintenance done on them and stuff mm. they're usually driven by stunt drivers but for some reason chris o'donnell insisted on driving it himself in the joyride scene that's why it's going so slowly yeah and he actually crashed it into a curb and dented the fender and uh yeah that's, that's kind of they wanted paycheck. they wanted a fucking stunt driver bro come on get out of there bad boy <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go Nicole Kidman, Chase Meridian. Get it? Oh, wait, let me take off my blouse. Now we can talk. (laughs) chasing Batman. She's offering a meridian between Bruce Wayne and Batman. 
or something. And quite a pursuit you would be. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Oh, my God. All right. So originally, Rene Russo was cast pretty early on to play Chase. But as soon as Michael Keaton pulled out of the project and Kilmer was cast, it was decided that she was too old to be the love interest. So they got a much, much younger Nicole Kidman to play the role. It was kind of funny when we were watching this, Julia was just like, you see, like, is the scene at the very beginning of the film. It was just really funny because this that scene's bonkers. It's like they really were going straight, like, back to the 60s, campy, like, one-liner, like, interactions between Batman and Commissioner Gordon and all the other characters. It was just like, mm-hmm. it was, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> but um, Nicole Kimmins standing there with Batman and with uh, Commissioner Gordon, and she's like, do you see, like, what the... The the bar is for the man talking about Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> and then what the bar is for a woman to be in these films. It's fucking mental. Just <laughs> so unaware. And it only I only I only don't see it that shitty. It's only less shitty because it's Joel Schumacher. Yeah. And the the sort of weird male gaze he put on it, but it, obviously goes to the men as well. Like the women, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like classical, it's like very mo- like classic Hollywood movie star. It's very Lynchian. It kind of reminds me of Twin Peaks, the way she looked in the movie. Uh-huh. But like, but you know, you get, you get a lot of bat crutch and bat ass. You get a lot of bat ass in this movie. Yeah, definitely. It's the only thing that balances out, but it's great. Like there's a bit where she like wakes up in bed and she's, she's like, like fully just like full nude. on makeup. Yeah, stuff. but nude yeah. under the sheet. Like what? <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Her character's so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I know like Batman's always sort of this sort of noir character anyway. And like like the whole idea is just this dark noir detective sort of story, mm. but it's just like this weird superhero character. And like Nicole Kidman totally is like fitting that weird sort of you know, comic book character. It's femme like, fatale. Femme yeah. fatale. But yeah, it's it's mental. But originally Schumacher actually wanted Nicole Kimmon to play Poison Ivy. But it was oh, that decided Yeah, she would have been great. It was decided that uh three villains would be too much. So he saved that idea for Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin, which featured I mean, three villains. So yeah. um, I mean two what? villains were too much and three is way yeah. too much in the next one. <laughs> yeah. These movies can honestly barely handle one. Yeah, at least Bane doesn't yeah. really do much except for being a heavy, really. So, uh, oh, that's all he does. We, <laughs> oh, we got to do that movie. Yeah. Well, man, yeah, we'll see how people like this. If they like it, if they want to hear us bullshit about that one, maybe I'll lose my mind. It's been a long time since I've seen that as well. But right now, as I'm yeah. standing, I'm thinking it's better than this one. But okay. Uh, uh, Nicole, me too. <laughs> Nicole Kidman was also previously considered to play Catwoman in Batman Returns, actually, as well. So, uh, the role was written specifically for the movie by the writers Lee and Janet Scott Bachelor to further explore the duality of Batman. They used it because oh, she's, you know, this psychologist, you know, and uh, she's into Batman, but she's also into Bruce Wayne. It's you know beautifully crafted dialogues, such as you know, Phil, if you don't mind me acting a little bit, please, please do. All right, the chase. Well, I wish I could say my interest in you was purely professional. You're trying to get under my cape, doctor? A girl can't live with psychosis alone. It's the car, right? Chicks love the car. What is it about the wrong kind of man? 
In grade school, it was boys with earrings. High school, motorcycles. College, leather jackets. Now, black rubber. Try firing in. Less to take off. <laughs> nah, that's a good line, though. <laughs> I don't mind the work. Pity, I can't see behind the mask. We all wear masks. <laughs> My life's an open book. You read? I don't blend in at family picnics. Oh, <laughs> we could give it a try. I'll bring the wine. You bring your scarred psyche. Direct, <gasps> aren't you? <laughs> oh my god. You like strong women. I've done my homework. Or do I do I need skin type vinyl and a whip? The cat women weapon. Yeah. And certainly uh, a <laughs> she's, she's talking about cat woman. Get, get it, get it. Oh man. That like their relationship is That's awful. I honestly oh. like pushed that out of my head. It's so weird. Batman comes off, like I said, he comes off like a bit of an incel when it comes to her at times when he's talking to her and like their whole thing. It's just so stupid. Like Nicole Kidman's great. Like you give her something like with some meat to it. She's going to fucking deliver. She's a great actress. And like, she just is wasted in this movie. Like she just comes off like this weird, like, I don't know, just like psycho or something. Like, I don't, don't get it. Like, (laughs) And Batman comes I mean, off they as did like the Harley Quinn thing. When he's dealing with her. It's just like that's so strange. It's just it's weird. Like Doctor like falls in love with like a patient essentially, and it's mm. it's weird. She's just a freak. She's just there to fawn over him, and she doesn't really have yeah. much agency of her own. She it's ridiculous. Their dialogue is amazing, but it like see what I mean? Like every scene is like that. It's either repeating the same plot point, or it's just one line and yeah. back and forth. And it's like yeah. if you're not actually saying anything and it's like will you two just mm-hmm. fuck already and it's like and i i would like to see that because it's i want to see how you get out of this black rubber mask and the the suit can i imagine it just rips off i want to see it <laughs> they don't give you that they don't give you nothing they don't even stay together so what's the point yeah she's wasted in this film it's it sucks man it's a weird i mean she's not like like i said she's not actually a canon character anyway so um, but some other cast who are canon, we have uh, Michael Goh is back as Alfred. He pretty much ties the series together because he's like in all the films. He he ties the two Schumacher films to the two Burton films. Yeah, he's good. He's very dependable. I always like him as Alfred. He's a great Alfred. Uh, Pat Hingle's back as Commissioner Gordon. He was in all the films as well, but this is back before Gordon mattered in the movies. Yeah. He's literally there to turn just the cop to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> I lo- uh, oh, I love that bit where the Riddler you makes his own signal. Yeah, that the is question sick. Mark. That is sick, yeah. Like, they've always been really clever with their marketing and stuff as well, because I remember that was like an early poster um, where like they, they might have had T-shirts and stuff as well, but like the big Riddler sort of question mark and then the bat signal. It's like so cool. So oh, cool. All right, so some other people in the film. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Debbie Mazur. I kind of forgot Drew Barrymore was in this. Um, and I was thinking about it before we watched it. I was like, oh yeah, Drew Barrymore is like in a Batman film. And I, I was trying to remember which one it was. And I was like, it's this one? Yeah. You can call me anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Debbie Mazur from uh, Goodfellas. She's in this yeah. as well. They're Sugar and Spice. They're basically oh, two God. faces, two ladies who play 
against his duality as well. His sugar, his good. One's in white, one's in black. Mm. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, it's fun seeing them in this film, though, but they're kind of non-characters as well. Uh, Ed Begley Jr., who just (laughs) is becoming one of these weird characters that just appears in fucking films, I guess. Uh, He plays Fred Stickley, who's Edward Nygma's supervisor at Wayne Enterprises, who Mm. he basically kills but yeah makes it look like he committed suicide uh He's and then in a blink and you'll miss him role john favreau is in this as an assistant no. when bruce no. wayne is touring wayne enterprises and he meets edward nigma for the first time and also ed begley jr is like talking and stuff and you're you're, you're not paying attention but over there it's one of the guys walking behind him oh man is it john favreau completely missed it yeah completely missed it so Joel Schumacher, he's apparently quite fond of uh, black lights, pastel colors, rave lighting. Uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> both of his Batmobiles in Forever and Batman and Robin were uh, tricked out with LED undercar lights, much like you would see in illegal street racing, you know, and uh, Love it. Love you it. Know, Fast and the Furious. You know. um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you said you said that the Batmobile was like a what, like it's crazy wild machine but yeah. the most they have it do is drive to the side <laughs> and drive up a wall yeah that's it and it's cool but like that's it that's the most they could think to do with the batmobile but yeah you know obviously like schumacher he, he's he brought this weird world of neon uh inner neon gotham I remember that was a thing in my head as a kid. I was always just like, this is neon, 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 neon. neon, neon. The, uh, even like the, the gang to like they yeah. got black light, you know, they're fighting in yeah. the alley. It's mental. And like, I thought, you know, before I put this on, I'm like, am I just remembering this? Like weirdly, is this as neon? Yes. It's very fuck. It. It's neon Gotham. <laughs> Holy shit. So I Schumacher hired Barbara Ling for production design, claiming that the film needed a force. And good design. Ling could advance on it. Uh, Schumacher wanted a design in no way connected to the previous films and instead inspired by the images from the Batman comic books seen in the 1940s and early 50s uh, exactly. in New York City architecture in the 1930s with the combination of modern Tokyo. He also wanted a city with personality, more statues, as well as various amounts of neon. So it looks fucking wild. I mean, I don't think it's too far out of the realm of what you get with Tim Burton's really dark Gotham. It yeah, kind of works, but it's like, yeah. it is a bit weirder. It's, <laughs> it gets yeah. Really I mean, I, I dig it. Like I liked the timber and hit timber and it's like Gothic nightmare and Joe Schumacher. Mm-hmm. like you said, neon nightmare. Yeah. Um, and I like it like, you know, Tim Burton thing is like a world fair, like out of control thing. Yeah. But like Schumacher's one is, Gotham is so important to who Batman is and yeah. it's a character in itself. And like he said, they do that really well in the early comic and that's never really, it's not been done since in mm-hmm. the movie. The, the Batman begins kind of done it, but it's more like there's a lot of ducks. It's like a lot of brown ducks, but like Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises and the recent ones, they all look like Chicago or New York. Yeah. It's just a yeah. city, a generic city, but they're going like they're doing a realistic version but i think there's room for like you know making a more caricature version of a city that's like overgrown and these like really elaborate 
like impractical art deco statue <laughs> yeah, that like yeah. hang over the street and the yeah the neon light i love it like i just love looking at it and it, it makes it look very it looks like a movie set but like yeah. i don't mind could it also look like a city that exists only in a comic book i think it would have come off better if it was made like today as compared to 1995 because the advancements in computer technology, because there's a lot of CGI that gets used in this like early, early CGI yeah. for some of Gotham's like, because there's a lot of sets. Like for instance, the Batcave was built pretty much to scale at Howard Hughes's <laughs> Spruce Goose Dome in Long Beach. Like that turn, <laughs> that turntable that, that was, uh, that brought the Batmobile the up, like mm. was literally six stories high. And like apparently it was just mental to film in there and everything because it was like oh, a, cool. it was almost like a big umbrella with like you know just everything sort of holding it up like it was apparently just mental to be in there. They had legendary artist H.R. Geiger, you know, who's famous for designing the Alien from Aliens, uh, an Alien, Alien, Aliens. Uh, he was in discussions to design the Batmobile, but his designs were too sinister for the film. They were trying to move away from the darkness. Uh, Rick Baker designed, like I said, the prosthetic makeup. He also designed a really like, it's funny because they keep showing that stupid bat, you know, in the, in the sort of memory flashback scene. Oh, and yeah. It looks great. like at times it looks bad. At times it looks okay, but there's it's a deleted, yeah, there's a deleted <laughs> scene where you actually see it like properly. And it's like face, face to face, like, you know, Val Kilmer and this, this bat. And, that's like, I wish that was still in the film, actually, because Rick Baker, that's like where he shines. I mean, it looks like American Werewolf in London. Like, it looks fucking cool. It's like that's really cool, cool looking. Uh, John Dykstra, Andrew Adamson, and Jim Rigel served as visual effects supervisors with Pacific Data Images, also contributing to the visual effects work. Um, so Pacific Data Images provided a computer-generated Batman for the complicated stunts actually as well as doing like yeah. a lot of the Gotham work that they did. There's one show in particular where Batman like dived off this building and it twitched to CG that I was like actually really impressed by. Like I said out loud, I was like, that's really good for 95 because like the rest of the movie, I'm like, I can see it there. I can see it there. It's kind of, it, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't, hadn't aged well there, but there's one scene in particular like I can't, I can't remember where it happened now, but it looked good. And in general, the movie looked good because there's a mix of practical and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, even if it's yeah. weird. I just think like some of the CG is just like it. It just looks fake. Like it just doesn't. It really look, stands it out. It doesn't. Yeah, it stands out a bit. It doesn't look good fake either. It's just kind of like oh, this is like a weird video game. So for the costume design, producer Peter McGregor Scott claimed that 146 workers were at one point working together in these costumes, and Batman's costume was redesigned along the lines of a more MTV organic and edgier feel to the suit. So that's where we're getting the Batnips. So the Batnips, Batnips forever. The Batnips, the uh, cod pieces. That's another thing we haven't really talked about. There's proper like just good bulge down there um and robin's earring were all jewel schumacher ideas uh he wanted robin to look hip and cool and stuff so that was the earring 
uh, and he wanted the suits to have an anatomic look. Like he was inspired by Greek statues, basically. Yeah, you can see it. You can see the like they show the muscles and the ribs yeah. and stuff. And that's where the nips come from. So that was the idea. Well, why stop there? Why is there no butthole, no <laughs> belly button, fingernail? Like, just keep going. Yeah, why the cod pieces? Why not just little teeny, like, you know, chopped off? Yeah, like, like the uh, Statue penises, of David you know? or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So Batman Forever actually went through a few major edits before its release. Originally, it was a bit darker than the mm. final product. Um, I think even though the studio was like pushing for this fresher thing, Schumacher still kind of had this darker thing. You could see it a bit with like these elements to, you know, Bruce Wayne in particular, his like thinking about his family and all that sort of stuff. And like, this is the first film that really like started to push that whole, like uh, him falling into the bat, like, you know, as a kid, like into the cave and stuff and like seeing the bat. They still do that. That yeah, hasn't changed. And, They've done it like three times. since. Yeah. <laughs> Also, it's the first film to introduce Arkham Asylum as well. So uh, I noticed at the end, yeah. I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And apparently it would have been in the film a little bit earlier. I think at the beginning of the film, Two-Face was actually supposed to be escaping from Arkham. Um, so yeah, the film's original length, which is, this is mental because it's already at like two hours. It was closer to two hours and 40 minutes, according to Schumacher. I mean, it's Jeez. long enough as it is. Imagine it being yeah, fucking longer. <laughs> so there's talk of an extended cut being released to DVD for the film's 10th anniversary in 2005, around the same time that Batman Begins had come out on DVD. But it never really happened apart from you know the release of a lot of deleted and extended scenes on this DVD release. Uh, after Schumacher died in... June of 2020, media outlets started to report the possibility of an existence of a Schumacher cut. Uh, this mm-hmm. version was believed to be darker and contained less ca- uh, less camp like material than the theatrical cut. Some of the differences include Bruce Wayne facing off against like this human-sized bat, like I mentioned, the darker, more serious tone, less of an emphasis on Dick Grayson, and a focus on like more of a focus on Bruce's psychological issues with Chase. Uh, so in total, the film cut out about 40 minutes of footage and uh, Warner Brothers has confirmed that this cut exists, although they have no plans to release it. And they were unsure about whether if what, if any, of the footage remains. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I don't know if I want to see it, though. That's the thing. Like, uh, I like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd want it. I would see it out of curiosity now. Yeah. Um, I just remember when this happened, it was like there was a campaign behind it and the hashtag attached to it was uh, released the 20,000 cut. And that was the reference to an interview Joel Schumacher gave, I don't know when, where he claimed to have slept with over 20,000 partners in his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I re- yeah, I remember that. So, I don't know, man, release the 20,000 cut. Like, I I would still want to see it because it's an interesting fucking world and it's one I haven't really seen since. Do you really want to see more of Val Kilmer no. just like... Not emoting? <laughs> trudging his way through this stupid... Sad, script. man. <laughs> I'm sad, man. So, the music. Okay, here we go. Yes. Yeah. Elliot Goldenthal was hired by Schumacher to compose the film score before the screenplay was even written. 
In discussions with Schumacher, the director wanted Goldenthal to avoid taking inspiration from Danny Elfman altogether and requested an original composition. The film's promotional teaser trailer, however, used the main theme from Elfman's, Elfman's score uh, yes. in the 1989 Batman. I, I felt like it felt like, I don't know, maybe I'm just remembering of what these films sound like. I feel like it kind of works in the same universe. I didn't really notice that it like was that much different to be no, honest. Like, you know, it didn't really matter. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it is different, but it, to me, it didn't really matter. And to be honest, I kind of like some of the stuff they did with his music, but I'll get to that in a bit. Me I too. think it wasn't favored critically, but um, the best thing about the film, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The, the best thing about this movie besides Jim Carrey's pretty fun is the original soundtrack yeah which yeah. was actually really really popular I had it on cassette as a kid that's how I had it on it CD I loved it uh, yeah. and it sold about as many copies as uh, Prince's 1989 Batman soundtrack which is pretty impressive because that was a hit soundtrack some songs from the soundtrack include Hold Me Thrill Me Kiss Me Kill Me by YouTube. Apparently, banger. even a side note to that, um, Schumacher, I think, was pretty good friends with Bono, and he was like trying to get his like Mr. Mephi- uh, Mephisto or Dr. Mephisto character that he does that like mm-hmm. devil character like to be in the film somehow. He was going to work it in, but it just never worked out. You also had The Riddler, which is hilarious. I forgot about this song by Method Man. Just a really yeah. weird rap song there's a really funny version of uh iggy pops the passenger performed by michael hutchins of nxs and here we go one of the greatest songs ever written <laughs> soldier of fortune yeah. i am your desert rose it's a uh, kiss from a rose by seal oh my god i love that song i was like i was trying to remember like i knew like in the back of my head like I've always known that that song was, you know, in this film, and it was like the hit song, the song. But like, I kind of forgot about it when I was watching it the other night, and I'm sitting there waiting for it to happen, and it never really happened. I'm like, me too. When is this coming? When is this coming? And I, I like sat through. I can't remember what the first song is in the. It's uh, the U2 song. Is it the U2 song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Because it's that Rocky fucking song. Down, 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 down. down. <laughs> yeah. So that's playing in, in the credits. And I was just like, it's going to come. Julia, we got to keep the credits on. Don't go anywhere. We got to. Come on. Come on. It's going to come. It's gonna come on. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. And then it's like. I was like, yes. Julia was like, oh, this song's in Yeah, man. song fucking slap. I'm not joking when I say it's one of the greatest songs ever written. I fucking love that song. It's a great song. Total guilty pleasure. No, it's great. And I honestly, I had the same experience with you because I was like, the movie's iconic for better or worse, but what I remember Batman forever for is the fucking soundtrack. And it's Kiss from a Rose by Theo. And the whole movie, I just for maybe because I attached them together, I was like, it's in the movie, right? It must be used in the movie. Why would it such a big deal? And then I wait through the whole thing. I'm like, they never used fucking Theo. And then credits roll up, and then I was like, oh, I remember this U2 song, and it's still not Theo. Like, that should be, f- I would have used it five times. Yeah. Like, I mean, in that the- movie. Like, you have the song, you. 
the thing is like uh you know the u2 song appears earlier in the film anyway like why not just yeah I like come on there's some like sad moments where you can have like you know i don't know batman you and- imagine that over that you know the I mean, the last shot of the movie is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's a riff off the Snick Dude one where they're just yeah. the, they're Batman and Robin silhouette are running to camera. Yeah. I, I absolutely adore that shot. It could have been playing over that. Yeah. Because I would have loved it. They did it like with the music video and it's fucking beautiful. It's like, because it is cheesy <laughs> as all get out. It is like but, the cheesiest shit. The movie. But like, it works so well. It's like the quintessential song for such a stupid cheesy batman movie it's like yeah, perfect, perfect with those dumbass bat nips on that dumbass suit the <laughs> dumbass two-face and the dumbass joker uh, sorry the riddler the dumbass batman the dumbass robin the dumbass chase character it ties like, it all together it ties it all together and you're just like yes yes yeah, so i'm turning around best batman movie ever made because of the seal <laughs> Seal is. Oh, he sealed it for Batman. He sealed it. Yeah, he wasn't gonna get that. Music video was great, though. If anything, go just like revisit the music video. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll come to the point. Like, do you recommend it? No, but just watch that music video. (laughs) You've you've done it. You've experienced that movie Uh and that everything good about it. But I miss that's like such a not outdated. Just a something that completely been lost it's like you know the comic book movie or like the big action like the summer movie having like a hit single with the music video to go with it and it's yeah. died out for a number of reasons because music video died out and television mm-hmm. circulation of like music that's not how we inject music and then usually a theme by a popular band but like it's not like feel um you know kids from a band or like you know born the one for spider-man that's huge hero uh, and they say that a hero. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. That that song. I mean, I can't even think of the last time doing. I remember there was one for Suicide Squad. I think Twenty One Pilot did it. And I'm, but like, yeah. I miss. Well, I mean, I, you I know, you had Guardians that. of the Galaxy be really creative with their music in the film, but it's like tied sure. around the mixtape and stuff, so it has story storyline reasons why. There's yeah. the mixtape and the music's important into the film. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's not like a like, like a that theme, song like a contemporary that, theme. <laughs> yeah, that fucking song that's for that film. That's like, just you know, like, Space Jam had yeah. I Believe oh I Can God, Fly. That soundtrack. <laughs> that soundtrack yeah, like, together. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. They did it, it better, though, in the 90s, I think. It was just like, because it was that music TV, you know, generation, you know. So, like, they were, they were selling to, they were, they were like, on point with all the merchandising and stuff. I think now it's like, I don't know. They're not as focused anymore on, you know, cause music videos are dead or like it gets so yeah. complicated with music and streaming and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like it's also it style as well, you know, like more, it's more of a style to have an original score than it is to have like an original soundtrack and a score and all that sort of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. even like we're finding it like me and Ariane with, uh, you know, the fast and furious films, like, you know, the first few are just, like, mental with the music. And then, like, you get into, like, we just did Fast and Furious, and we're just kind of like, well, there's the music, and then there's, like, this sort of non-soundtrack with a bunch of Pitbull songs. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I felt like it kind of took Wide. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> it sort of felt like it took away from, like, you know, 
the the theme of it being this really awesome movie like movie with awesome soundtrack you know like yeah batman forever does it it like it's really fun so, it over delivered yeah. with the soundtrack honestly <laughs> it didn't have to go as hard as it did but yeah it i mean you just need kiss from a rose and you're fucking set uh man yeah. So the film was released in June of 1995 and it made 52.8 million in its opening weekend, breaking Jurassic Park's record for highest opening weekend gross of all time. Fuck it, Spielberg. Later to be broken by The Lost World in 1997. Chill out, Spielberg. Taking this game a little too seriously, dude. Jesus Christ. Uh, The film went on to gross $184 million in North America and $152.5 million in other countries, totaling $336.53 million worldwide, which was more money than Batman Returns made, so the studio was pleased. Critics were less pleased, though, with the film. (laughs) They were like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) They they were citing that it being too busy, boring, uh, it was too busy and boring mm. at times. Yeah. The, Though yeah, right. they seem to love the charisma of Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. I think there was a lot of like, what the hell's going on with Tommy Lee Jones? But like, hey, him and Jim Carrey are kind of fun. Kilmer fun got together. a lot of flack for being inexpressive. Apparently, Bob mm. Kane, creator of Batman, loves Kilmer and says it's his favorite. That's weird. He's still, yeah, because yeah. he's still around at that point. He's still like yeah. a consultant. Yeah. But this is also the point where like they're not crediting both people who created yeah. Batman and Bob yeah. Kane just had like, he is the guy, but it's like, yeah. no, cause you didn't draw him. Like Bill Finger hadn't shown up yet. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. that's funny that he had bad taste in Batman. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of criticism with, uh, the CGI Gotham cityscapes and also Elliot, uh, golden thaws or score being lesser than Danny Elfman's previous works. Like I said, I didn't really notice it much. And it, you know, it didn't um, really bother me much, but whatever. Some people also called in to question the homoerotic innuendo with bat nips and cod pieces, as well as the character of the Riddler being a bit homoerotic. But, but that's hey, good. Man, that's a plus for the movie. Yeah, Schumacher is a gay man, and he was told to make the film campier, more family friendly. And he's like, well, I'm going to go like the 60s series. And 60s Batman is super gay. So, I mean, <laughs> he is. Fuck it. Who cares? Batman um, is just super gay. <laughs> But it's all good, though, because they they sold tons of toys. McDonald's yeah. was happier. They made lots of money. So they greenlit a sequel that was essentially just a two-hour toy commercial set around bad puns. And that's Batman forever. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell. Oh, man. I, overall, like I said, uh, didn't really love it. It's, it was a blast to talk about. And I had a lot of fun mm, for sure. like with certain elements. There are certain elements I love about it, but it is like overall just it's a bad movie. Would I recommend <laughs> it? Do you want to waste a couple of hours like just watching a bad movie? Go for it. Uh, if you don't want to waste a couple of hours, put on a different Batman movie like Batman Returns or something. You're going to probably have a little bit of a better time or even yeah. Batman and Robin. It's probably a little bit stupider and more funny. Uh, similar feelings on Batman Forever. I don't know if I'd recommend it. It's a fun watch. But it's long. It's longer than it needs to be, and it's not that long. Yeah. Um. And it kind of dragged. But um. I don't know. I I like these movies more now now than I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Well, you go through a fade, right? Like when you're a kid, they're great because they play to kids. They're fun. They're exactly what you want. And then you you're a teenager, and you're like, fuck those movies. The campy bullshit. 
And then you grow up and you realize, oh, they're just a different take on Batman and they're comedy. They're clearly trying to be funny and silly. Yeah. Not an accident. Like they're made to be like that and they're done really well. I remember Batman and Robin being a, a little a better, just, I think it's technically the worst movie, but yeah. could it just go so overboard? It completely jumped the shark. It's a little more enjoyable because yeah. at that point it's free of any sort of real criticism because it's doing its own thing. Um, but it's fun. I love the world. I love the, 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 the production design and the music and the costumes and the action scene. It just, it's so much fun and it's so over the top and it's no Batman and no not Batman. It's everything good and bad about the character. Um, but also, yeah, bad nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty hot. It's I'm, kind, I'm coming it's around kind of, of kind of hot. It, I mean, it's awful, but I kind of love it. Yeah, I love. I to be honest, I love the suit up scene. Like oh, this bad. film, really. I mean, they did it a little bit They're with bad. like Burton's Batman's, like you yeah, know, a little bit of the suiting up. But this, like the, this, this fucking like set the bar. It set the tone <laughs> for the suiting up. up for any character suiting up, like. You got to have an ass in there. And, you know, Definitely. I see, you know, Marvel trying to act like they're all like in their own little league with their superior superhero <laughs> films. But I mean, that nah. Captain America ass, fucking Val Kilmer's ass, Batman's ass was there first. I'm just trying to say. What, I'm just yeah, trying no, to say. I agree. What's the thing? Um, I'm trying to work it into that meme. What, like, Val <laughs> Kilmer's ass walked so Chris Evans' oh, yeah. ass could run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, I'm trying. It kind of works. <laughs> this is the OG. I mean, this is the yeah. movie from like another world at this point. It's so we're yeah. so far removed from this era of comic book movies, and I love it. Yeah. Just because I love any version of the characters, kind of love these characters, um, and I lo- I love talking about them. It, it, yeah, it was way more fun to talk about than to watch, but it was a good watch. It was better yeah. than I thought it would be watching it, but it still wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah that's us that's Batman Forever ladies and gentlemen Uh, see it don't see it it's alright we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks as we are getting closer and closer and closer to uh, big reopening at the Prince Charles Cinema like we've been saying the last couple weeks and uh, what that might mean is like a slight change of what we're talking about on the podcast as well because traditionally you know we were talking about a little bit more of uh you know what's playing at the cinema and now that we're actually going to be playing stuff soon maybe that'll mean that we'll start talking about these sort of things we've already you know hinted at uh some things like 2001 space odyssey we'll see if that happens and uh you know there's until then you know we're getting closer but until then you know there's maybe some things in the pipeline we'll see we've we've like asked you guys like if you want to hear us do like you know yeah, Godfather Part Two episode or something. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe that'll maybe that'll be later. I don't know. We'll see. We'll try to do it. Uh, but next week, there's a big film coming out to cinemas properly. Some people might already have access to it because um, it came out in America. So I don't know. If you want to go to the cinemas to see something, you might actually try to go see something. Otherwise, it'll be available, I think, online at the same time. So, anyway, it's out there. There's this new trilogy 
that's just been formed. It used to be just like two films. Now there's the third one, very popular at the Prince Charles Cinema. Um, it is a Bill and a Ted Basin of the Music. Um, from <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll have it. <laughs> no, that's plain. Bill and Ted, based music next week. So if you want to go see, we're giving you a head start. Go see it. We we might, go we see might, it. We're going to talk about it. We we're going to talk about it. We're going to go see. see. Um, yeah, it's going to be anyway. excellent. <laughs> excellent. Well, <laughs> All we are is dust and wind. <laughs> dust, wind, dude. <laughs> <laughs>